Section 73 of United States Senate Election Expulsion and Censure Cases, 1793-1990, by Anne M. Butler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Case 71, Charles H. Bell, 1823-1893, New Hampshire. Election Case, Appointment, March 18, 1879 to April 10, 1879. Issues, right of governor to make appointment to a term not previously filled by a legislature. Chronology, credentials presented March 18, 1879. Referred to committee March 19, 1879. Committee report April 2, 1879. Senate vote April 10, 1879. Result, seated. Background. In 1878, New Hampshire adopted a new state constitution that became effective in October of that year. As a result, the state conducted elections for two legislatures in one year. The first, chosen in March 1878 to serve from June 1878, to May 1879, the second, elected in November 1878, to serve from June 1879 to June 1881. During the 45th Congress, New Hampshire officials asked the United States Senate for an advance ruling on which of these legislatures would have the authority to select a senator. The Committee on Privileges and Elections declared, and the Senate agreed, that under the 1866 election law, only the legislature chosen in November 1878 could elect a senator, since it would be the legislature elected next preceding the expiration of the senatorial term. This decision led to controversy in the Senate when one New Hampshire senator's term expired on March 3, 1879, three months before the legislature elected in November was due to meet in June. To fill the vacancy until the legislature could convene and hold an election, the state's governor appointed Charles H. Bell, Republican. Statement of the Case Charles Bell's credentials were presented to the Senate on March 18, 1879, on the first day of the new 46th Congress. In a Senate under Democratic control for the first time in nearly 20 years, William Wallace, Democrat of Pennsylvania, promptly challenged the legitimacy of the New Hampshire Republicans' claim. Wallace argued that the governor had acted incorrectly when he appointed Bell to a vacancy caused by the expiration of a term of office. Supporters and opponents of the claimant prepared to dissect all previous Senate cases where gubernatorial appointment had been made after a vacancy occurred. George F. Hoare, Republican of Massachusetts, a member of the Committee on Privileges and Elections, suggested that, since members appeared to know the details of each earlier challenge, the Senate might save time by keeping the matter out of committee 
and devoting one day to floor debate on the subject. The Senate ignored his efforts at efficiency and sent the credentials to committee on March 19th. Response of the Senate On April 2nd, the Committee on Privileges and Elections reported that Charles Bell was not entitled to his seat. The new Democratic majority described the committee's advisory ruling in the previous Congress when the Republicans controlled the Senate as not important in the settlement of the question now presented. The majority argued that the power of a governor to make a temporary appointment was limited to vacancies in a term that had already been filled by the legislature. This precedent, they asserted, was established in the 1825 case of James Landman, see Case 12, and observed by the Senate in all subsequent cases. The Republican minority sharply disagreed, contending that the history of the Senate supported a governor's right to appoint when a legislature was unable to convene, and that the intent of the U.S. Constitution was that vacancies should be filled. The only occasion that deviated from this interpretation, the minority continued, was the case of James Landman cited by the majority. Although that case was so shrouded in confusion that members could not identify through available records the motivations behind the 1825 decision, one key point in the debate had been that the governor made the appointment before the vacancy actually occurred. That one case aside, the minority report argued, all precedents upheld the governor's appointment of Bell. The reading of the reports launched a lengthy and heated floor debate as members rehashed each earlier case of gubernatorial appointment. Former Supreme Court Justice David Davis, independent of Illinois, argued for following the precedent in the Landman case. He observed that, according to the memoirs of Thomas Hart Benton, who was in the Senate at the time, the Senate had ruled that governors could only fill unexpected vacancies. It could not apply to a foreseen event bound to occur at a fixed period, Benton wrote. Here, the vacancy was foreseen. There was no contingency in it. It was regular and certain. On April 10th, after two long days of debate, Committee Chairman Eli Salisbury, Democrat of Delaware, once more restated the majority's view that a governor could not make an appointment to a term the legislature had not yet filled by election. He stressed that this was an important constitutional point that should be recognized as precedent for future Senate action. On the other hand, he declared that during the debates he had developed a high regard for the character, respectability, and intelligence of Charles Bell. He also observed that, because of the substantial Democratic majority in the Senate, seating the Republican bell would be of little political consequence. Salisbury, therefore, while retaining his opinion about the policy issue, 
encouraged his colleagues in this case to accept the governor's appointment. With an ambiance of magnanimity established, a few Democrats joined with Republicans to seat Bell by a vote of 35 to 28. Conclusion In the first Congress since the Civil War to have both houses controlled by Democrats, the majority party could afford to be generous. Democrats outnumbered Republicans by nine in the Senate, and Bell did not pose a serious threat, for he would serve only for three months until the legislature met and elected a successor. He returned to New Hampshire, becoming governor in 1881. He died in 1893. End of Case 71 and of Section 73